North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in-store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supplies. See stores for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, all you lovely folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I am Dr. Laura Noel. I'm your host. I'm a naturopathic doctor here in San Diego, and I work with patients locally here and all over the country. For more information about me, you can check me out at drlaurennoel.com. So for the podcast, just want to let you guys know that this is for general information only. It's not a substitute for medical care. So prior to beginning any new health program, you should consult with your doctor. And for tonight's show, I'm very, very excited. We have um, a friend on the show, Dr. Amy Myers, and she is an amazing doc. She's a medical doctor down in Texas and has written a brand new book, The Autoimmune Solution. So very excited to have her on the show. So I'm going to give you a little bit of information about Dr. Myers and we'll bring her on the air. Dr. Myers is a specialist in autoimmune diseases whose career was set in motion by her own experience dealing with autoimmune issues. Funny how that's usually the case with guests on the show. We we kind of decide to specialize in something that we were affected by. Um, Myers graduated cum, um, cum laude from the Honors College at uh, University sorry, from the Honors College at the University of South Carolina. She attended medical school at Louisiana State University Health Science Center and completed her residency in emergency medicine at the University of Maryland. She founded the nationally renowned Functional Medicine Center, Austin Ultra Health, and currently serves as its medical director. And I had the opportunity to meet Dr. Myers at, um, I think it was Paleo FX in Austin. So um, she's an awesome woman and has, has had such great success with her career. I'm very excited to get this uh, material out um, to really thousands, millions of people who are suffering from autoimmune diseases. Um, it's just, it's really on the rise. So, so excited to have our guests on the show. So, Dr. Myers, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, Lauren. I know, it's so good to have you, finally, right? I'm amazed that (laughs) finally you've actually been on the show. I've wanted to get you on for a while, but it's perfect timing because when is your book released? Is it today? Today. Today. I feel so honored to have you on your release day. That's awesome. I know. (laughs) I feel so special. I should be drinking champagne. I have a bottle waiting for me as soon as we get off. Oh, man, I wish I was there to join you. Well, how has it been? I mean, you're a new author, right? So, I mean, is it just craziness right now? And what's what's your life like right now? Uh, well, I'm getting married in about five weeks, so I think that's added <laughs> a extra craziness onto all of it. Um, oh. oh, my gosh, congratulations. It's been great. It's been awesome. Yeah, the, the feedback so far has just been amazing. We sold a lot of books. We sold about 7,500 in pre-sales and another 500 wow. so far today. So. It's just, you know, flying off the shelves and going gangbusters and already getting reviews on Amazon and people posting on the Facebook page with pictures of them with their with their book. And so it's just it's been really, really great. It's been uh, a long time in the making. So when you write a right. book one day, you will see that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, How does it feel? Is it kind of surreal? Um, well, I walked in Barnes & Noble yesterday, actually, because people had been writing saying that they were already purchasing them or things like that. And so some stores 
had already had them up on the shelves. So I, I walked in, and it was kind of a funny experience because I asked for the book, and she's like, oh, we have copies, but they're in the back. Let me go get them. And she brings it out, and she hands it to me, and I kind of look at her to see because there's a picture of me on the front of the cover. You know, like, does she notice anything? And so I'm kind of asking some questions, and she clearly doesn't notice anything. I was like, well, I was just wondering, would you like me to sign the remaining books that you have? And then she kind of looks at the book and looks at me. She's like, oh, is this you? <laughs> so... um but it was fun. I mean, just walking in and, you know, walking over and just seeing all the other books and knowing that a lot of these people are my friends and colleagues yeah. and I'm, you know, honored and proud to now finally, you know, join the, the ranks and the bookshelves with them. Yeah, so awesome. That is just, I mean, it's very exciting. And yeah, I was, um, I posted on my Facebook group or my Facebook page the other day that uh, I've been talking with a um, a literary agent and we're talking about different kinds of topics. And um, yeah, so I'm I'm definitely wanting to write something. And I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but it's like, you know how it is having a practice. I mean, I'm just amazed how much you're able to juggle at the same time. But um, at some point I would really love to. I have like, I think like five or 10 books in me. It's just which one to do first, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's yes, it's been crazy. I've I've had some um just, you know, a little back and forth more than necessary with, with the publicist and I was talking to my editor today just saying like, Am I unusual? Like do other authors not have a practice and do it and he and he said, No, 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 they do, but honestly, you are like one of the busiest people I've ever met. So right. I mean, you know, just kind of the back and forth and she's like, Well this time looks free on your calendar. I'm like, Ha ha, if that was the only color on my calendar was media. You know, there's <laughs> one for my clinic, there's one for my personal life and there's one for my wedding. So there's a rainbow going on on my calendar right now. Wow. Wow. So where where are you getting married? Is it are you gonna be in Texas? Are you gonna are you flying somewhere? No, we're in Austin, Texas. So we would have loved to escape somewhere, uh, but my father <clears throat> isn't really able to do that. So yeah, it was obviously yeah. important for me to have them there. So totally, um, we're married well, outdoors. So excited for um, you. Yeah, yeah well, me I mean, too. it's just awesome. So much new stuff happening, and um, I'm sure this book is just going to help, you know, like I said, thousands, millions of people are, are suffering from autoimmune. So, so before we dive into autoimmune specifically, I – you know, I would just love to hear more about what your experience has been like with that because I know that you have healed yourself and this is something you really do, you know, empathize with people because you've dealt with this yourself. So, um, and, and and I know too, a lot of times doctors, most of the time, doctors and rheumatologists will say that it's incurable. You can't cure autoimmune disease. Um, it's just not something that happens. You have to be managed and put on medications and it's, it can be very debilitating. So, you know, you've had a lot of um, uh, just amazing progress with your health and you, you know, you look very healthy to me and I know, you know, you have lots of energy obviously to do everything you do. So tell us how your journey has been. I mean, how did you, I mean, it was Graves' disease you were diagnosed with, Correct. Yes. So the whole yeah. first chapter of my book is my story. And so, um, you know, I'll give an, an, you know, very abbreviated version here, but let me also just back up and say, you know, I don't, um, I call it a solution and say that we can reverse autoimmunity. So I don't claim that there's a cure. I, you know, believe that once you have autoimmunity, even if you get those antibodies to go away, it's kind of your weak link. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. profess that I can cure something, but I definitely mm-hmm. say that people can get symptom-free, they can get off their medications, and and often many times, um, 
certainly reduce their antibodies, if not them to get them to completely go away. So um, that's how I define, you know, a solution and the reversal of autoimmunity. So my second year of medical school, I just started having panic attacks and losing a lot of weight and, you know, had weakness when I was walking down the stairs. My legs were trembling, and I eventually started with a tremor. Um, and my friends in medical school noticed it and really convinced me to go to the doctor. I was having bad, bad panic attacks and insomnia. And I went to the doctor, and she kind of laughed at me and told me that I was a typical second-year medical student, you know, sort of thinking that I had every disease that we were learning about, only to call me back a week or so later to tell me that that was not, in fact, the case, um, but I had something called Graves' disease, which is um, an autoimmune disease of your thyroid where it's overactive as opposed to uh, the more common Hashimoto's where it becomes underactive. And I actually want to say that um, I, I said to the doctor that I knew that that, oh, she said it was just stress. And I said, well, it's definitely not stress. I've you know experienced a lot of different things in my life, very stressful, more stressful than medical school, and I never responded that way. And, you know, I said, I, I want a full workup because I know this isn't stress. And so I think that's, you know, advice that I give to all patients is, you know, don't give up. And if your doctor just sort of poops that you know yourself better than anybody else who just, you know, keep insisting and, and or find somebody who will listen to you. Um, and, you know, very long story short of kind of all the alternative things that I tried prior to, um, you know, getting convinced to take the medication to shut down my thyroid, PTU, um, I eventually ended up doing the conventional route of taking PTU and about a month later started feeling really horrible and went back to the doctor and he tested my liver and um, that medication and like literally one in a million people can cause your liver to fail and mine was starting to do that. So, um, so, um, you know, I immediately had to get off the medication and was sent home for bed rest and missed the first couple of weeks of medical school my second year and was honestly afraid that I was going to have to like drop out and uh, eventually was told that I had to do one of two things, which is either have surgery to have my thyroid taken out or to have my thyroid ablated, which is to take a, a iodine, radiation iodine pill that basically kills your thyroid. I reached out to all kinds of people and nobody knew another alternative or solution for me. And so I opted for the for the radiation. And, you know, it's a decision that I regret today. Uh, but I didn't know me back then and didn't know about functional medicine. And, you know, now in my practice have helped many people actually uh, recover from Graves' disease and, and spare them of the fate that I had. Um, but I knew at that point that even though I had conventional medicine that sort of, quote, unquote, cured me or, you know, found their solution to my problem and then put me on thyroid medication is that it, that if I didn't really figure out why I really got in that boat, something else was going to happen to me again. And that was really the precipitous of, of figuring out about, you know, functional medicine. Now I'll say I, I'm kind of giving my story in a roundabout way rather than how I, I usually tell it and how it's told in the book. But I grew up uh, with parents that were sort of hippies and we made homemade whole wheat bread and homemade yogurt and had a garden as a child. And I became a vegetarian at 14 and um, went into medical school. I was in the Peace Corps and grew stevia and um, did organic farming with the farmers. And so I had this sort of holistic, you know, way about me and came, I uh, actually thought I was going to go to naturopathic school and then decided that I wanted to get the MD degree. And, um, and was the president of my complementary and alternative interest group and did all my electives in holistic medicine. So, I mean, I was coming to medicine with that perspective already and wanted to do uh, something holistic. I just didn't really know what it was. And so I ended up going into emergency medicine in case I never figured it out and then eventually did find my way to functional medicine and, and um, 
and then, uh, you know, really found the root cause of, of how I'd gotten migraines disease. And I, I kind of walked through that and put all those pieces together for people in my book about the things of how I got in my boat um, of, of having, you know, an autoimmune disease. And though my thyroid had already been ablated, I definitely feel like I warded off getting another one. So once you have one, you're three times more likely to get another one. And, you know, for those of us with thyroid issues, um, you know, that's the seemingly um, least of the problems. And, you know, you definitely don't want lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or MS or, you know, something more, um, you know, more substantial that can be, you know, frankly debilitating for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and it's like it's usually that kind of story where it's like not just one thing, it's kind of like the perfect storm. There's one little thing, maybe an infection or maybe, you know, having um, you know, a bunch of antibiotics or medications growing up and then, you know, it's like it's like just this like one thing led to another and another and another and then boom, it's not like all of a sudden you have an autoimmune disease out of nowhere. It's that it took a while to develop. So, and you have to really put those different pieces together. So, um, now, if you, I'm just curious too. Like, let's say you could time travel and go back. Are there any specific things that you maybe would have done instead of having your thyroid ablated? Um, well, yes. I mean, I would do my program, which you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't know about my program. I mean, going back <laughs> and knowing what I knew and the compounds of what I did. No, I mean, I, I really, you know, we. I had a friend who was good friends with Dr. Andrew Weil, and we reached out to him. I tried Chinese medicine first. I did nothing. I mean, I did all kinds of, you know, alternative natural things before I did what I did. Um, So, yes, if I had known about functional medicine, which, you know, started about 20 years ago, so back then there Mm -hmm. really wasn't anything. Um, And, you know, being in New Orleans, Louisiana, there really wasn't anything. Um, yeah. Other kind of crazy story. I did a, a my family medicine residency. I mean, my family medicine um, elective with a woman who actually has been trained through the Institute of Functional Medicine. Um, although mm. I didn't know what that was at the time, so it's kind of crazy huh. small world after that. Um, so I mean, in in the confines of what was available to me, no. Uh, but certainly, if I had Graves' disease now. And I would go to me or go to a doctor like me because I, again, have successfully, you know, reversed that and gotten people off of of medications that, like, I was on and um, saved them from doing what I had to do. And they're not even taking replacement. I mean, they're completely fine. Um, No antibodies, uh, not on any type of medication to shut down their thyroid or to, you know, take thyroid medication. So that's absolutely what I would do if anybody's out there listening and they're suffering from from Graves' disease or an overactive thyroid, definitely, you know, read the book, find a functional medicine practitioner. Well, I think you were meant to get it so you could help so many people. So that's just the silver lining. So let's... um, Well, yeah, I mean, for sure, that's... Yes, and it definitely, as I write about in the book, and as you said, I mean, I have been there, and, you know, I I say, I don't like to say this, but I do say this, that conventional medicine failed me, and it's my mission to not have it fail you, too, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that really is my mission and my passion and my drive, and so I get it. I do feel that I was failed by conventional medicine, and I really don't want other people to be in that boat, because there is a much more rational, safe effective way to deal with this rather than something extreme like what I had to do, which is to have, you know, one of my body parts basically blown up like Hiroshima. Right. Right. Well, 
I know that, you know, because your story, you're going to help so many people. And, and let's let's dive into kind of the specifics about autoimmune disease because, you know, I think a lot of people don't even really know what it is, and, and let alone how many people it actually affects. And I know it's on the rise. So how many people are actually dealing with this nowadays? Uh, well, the statistic that's running around out there is between 50 and 75 million Americans and 150 million people worldwide. Um, we believe that this number is dramatically underreported uh, for several reasons. One, medicine's pretty fractured and extremely fractured when it comes to autoimmunity. There's not, you know, uh, like when you get cancer, you go to an oncologist and now, depending on the type of cancer you have, you might go to a specialist in a particular type of oncology, like a breast surgeon or a breast oncologist, um, if, if you have, you know, breast cancer. But ultimately, all those statistics get reported to, you know, the advisory boards of of oncology. And there's not a sort of overarching umbrella uh, branch of medicine of, you know, autoimmunity or immunology. There certainly are immunologists, but they are dealing with, um, they're dealing with mostly um, research or trying to find, uh, you know, drugs to deal with the immune system or dealing with AIDS or HIV, so immunodeficiencies. And so there's not one central place. If you have um, an autoimmune disease, and certainly if you have several, depending on the type of autoimmune disease, you could be seeing a lot of different types of doctors. So, for example, with my Graves disease, I went to an endocrinologist. And if you had diabetes, that's what you'd see. If you have, uh, if you have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or celiac, you go to a gastroenterologist. If you have uh, rheumatoid arthritis, you go to a rheumatologist. And so right. it's extremely fractured, and there's no master umbrella um, or place to be reporting this. And then the other aspect of it is we are not a society um, in medicine that is looking to prevent disease. As you said, you know, once you have it, they think that there's no way to get rid of it and that you just take drugs to um, deal with your symptoms or to try to suppress your immune system. And so there's no reason that people would be screening or checking for antibodies. And we know that it takes an average of, you know, um, six to ten doctors and five years um, mm -hmm. after you have antibodies to actually get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. So there are a lot of people walking around out there with antibodies and even symptoms that have not been diagnosed yet. And then yeah. the third well, I got to tell you, reason, too. Well, I was just going to inter sorry to interrupt you, but my practice, I'm yeah, testing every single person for, for Hashimoto's, and, and it's not even someone we even are suspecting it. You know, it's just a, it could be a guy in his 40s, and he's coming in because he wants to lose weight, and boom, we're testing, and he has Hashimoto's. I mean, it's amazing. And then from there, it's like, okay, let's look at other antibodies for autoimmunity, and wow, look at he has antibodies to his muscles and his brain tissue. And I mean, it's like, it, I think it's so important that every doctor should be screening every patient for autoimmunity. Yeah, I mean, I, I test everybody that walks in my office at least for um, for a, for a thyroid antibodies and for a general mm -hmm. screening of an ANA. Yeah. So, um, but the, the third cause that I was going to talk about is just that symptoms are vague for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. Fatigue, maybe some joint pain, brain fog, you know, depression. And so this can be a lot of different things, right? And so they just, oh, you know, you're probably, here's an antidepressant. And, and so they're just throwing other drugs at people or the symptoms may come and go. So it's 
you know, we believe, as you said, you know, you and I are picking up people all the time, day in and day out, uh, with at least antibodies, if not, you know, some diagnosable autoimmune disease. And, uh, you know, when they're going to conventional doctors, or maybe they've already been to multiple conventional doctors before they've come to see us, and nobody's diagnosed them yet. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I love in your in your writing is that, I, you know, and I've had this on, I've, we talked about this a lot on the show of leaky gut. And, you know, we've talked about wh- what is leaky gut, what contributes to it. And I think a lot of times people just say, oh, you have autoimmune disease, so you have leaky gut. But you go into a lot of other things that can be involved with the progression of autoimmunity. And, you know, I think that's very important to not get, you know, a limited view of it's from this. But it's like, okay, well, what caused a leaky gut? Or what else maybe could have had the leaky gut continue to be a problem, you know, there are things that are involved. So, um, you know, I love that. So can you kind of go into um, maybe other things that are involved in the progression of autoimmune disease, Um, you know, leaky gut, but maybe other things that are contributing to that? Yeah, so I would say that there are four pillars of the Myers way, and we kind of, um, you know, put two of them in the same category. Or when I hosted the Autoimmune Summit, I talked about five pieces of a pie chart. And those are, as we've already talked about to some degree, and I'm sure other people have talked about on your, on your podcast here, are, um, you know, are our diet. And then, of course, the leaky gut. And then the others that I talk about in my book, um, one of the, the uh, chapters is pain the toxins. And the other is heal your infections and relieve your stress. And so, like you said, um, I do think that, you know, there certainly have been other books written that really talk about uh, gluten and even maybe grains and legumes in relation to autoimmunity or chronic health conditions and certainly leaky gut. But where um, some of the other books, as you mentioned, may not talk about this sort of complete view, which is what I talk about with all my patients, the, mm-hmm. the toxins, the infections, and the stress. And so, you know, for a lot of people just dealing with the diet and fixing your gut, for some people just dealing with diet is enough. For other people feel, dealing with the diet and fixing your gut, you know, it gets a lot of people well. But once you're really in that, I call it the autoimmune spectrum, and once you're really high up on that spectrum and have been diagnosed with autoimmunity, you need to do those two things and likely look in the other areas. So toxins, you know, surround us every day. And Most people don't really realize that there's something like 80,000 chemicals in use now. Um, I think they're like 1,500 every couple of months that are getting um, approved with less than a month's uh, worth of uh, testing. And most of the testing is done by the company bringing bringing in the chemical itself. And then these chemicals are tested in isolation. They're not tested in you know, let's say Windex has five chemicals in it. They're testing one chemical at a time. They're not testing all five. And then they're certainly not testing it that, you know, you're not only using Windex in your house, you're also using, you know, I don't know, I don't use these products. I'm just trying to think back to things like <laughs> Comet or, um, you know, cleaning products in your, in your home, and you're not just using one. And that's the same with beauty products. I mean, it's a completely unregulated industry. Our skin is our biggest organ, and we're putting on, you know, not one product a day, but the average is, you know, 5 to 20 and doing it multiple times a day and then the ingredients, you know, the multiple ingredients within it and then you're putting it on in different in different products multiple times a day. So it's really this cumulative effect of all of this stuff. And I'd like to say that, you know, I feel like in my book I give enough information to make you realize that, A, I know what I'm talking about, and, B, there's, you know, science behind this, and, C, that it is a problem that you need to, you know, open your eyes to. But I don't leave it there. I, I don't 
I, I really talk about the solution, and most of the book is about the things that you can do and really practical advice. It's not some big scary book and, and you know, oh, my God, it's all these chemicals, and, you know, she's just freaked me out. It's like I mention that stuff right. so you realize, okay, this is a problem, and I need to be aware of it. I don't get so bogged in details that it gets you freaked out, and then I immediately give you solutions. So I talk about the things that you can do. You know, there's about preventing the, these toxins and things coming into your system and then how to get them out. And I give you really concrete strategies about how to keep this stuff out of you, um, water filters, air filters, you know, eating organic, and then, you know, ways to get it out, supplements to help boost. Um, your glutathione levels and your ability to detoxify through your liver and, you know, infrared saunas and, and other ways to get these out. So, um, so yeah, toxins are everywhere. They're on the rise. And really our government's not fully looking out for us unless it's big, bad, scary things like a big spill of something, you know, right? The, right. The little bit of what, you know, in your lotion is not making headline news. Um, right, it's right. Just, you know, it's too hard to draw it back specifically to that one thing. Um, yeah. Let's talk about infections. And infections are um, kind of uh, twofold. There's uh, viral infections like the herpes virus and Epstein-Barr virus from mono that are known to um, be associated with uh, with certain autoimmune diseases. And then there's some bacterial infections that are also associated with um, certain autoimmune diseases, and I have a chart in the book about those, and this will require you going to your conventional doctor, and many of those um, are picked up on conventional tests. You do not need to see a functional medicine doctor per se in order to be tested for those, and certainly, you know, the ones that are associated, um, back, the viruses are harder to treat, but certainly the the bacterial ones that are associated with certain autoimmune diseases, specific autoimmune diseases, many people have gotten better, and it's one of the times that I do recommend antibiotics. So, um, you know, many people's symptoms have gone away with simple treatment for that particular for that particular um, bacteria. Mm-hmm. And then let I me, talk about let me take it. Um, let me yeah. interrupt with you. Sorry, Amy, real fast. So let me take no it back problem. to. Um, the toxins real fast and then we'll jump into yeah, the um, sure. infection. So, so with toxins, um, and I love having, you know, some real, and I know you're all about the practical kind of takeaways. So with, with looking at the, you know, detoxing the home, um, there's so many things, right? Like you said, like cleaning the air and the water and the, the products and all of this, what would be like a big, you know, needle mover, like the most important thing or one thing that, that everyone listening should do like first, you know, that can really make a big difference. Yeah, so um, that's a little hard to say, but most <laughs> bang for your buck, um, I would say water filtration. <clears throat> so you drink water, you cook with water, you know, you drink, you're eating with water, and you shower. Most people really don't think about the shower and the bathtub, and our skin is our biggest organ. So, um, and they can be pretty inexpensive. So, um, you can tell all your listeners, Aquasana is the one that I personally use. Um, if you on my website, you can get there through the store, and if you put in Dr. Myers, you get 40% off. Um, so they have. Um, we moved into a new house, and they had already built it, and we couldn't add the whole, whole house filter. Um, that's obviously the best thing to do, the easiest thing, because then it's just filtered by the time it comes into the house. But other people live in apartments, you know, it's not affordable for them. Um, so they have a over the. Uh, uh, what do you call it? I want to say desktop version, but it's not a desk countertop. Yeah, the version. countertop. <laughs> um, yeah, of a of a water filter, and then they have 
shower filters. And I mean, they're less than a hundred bucks a piece. And then you change the filter, you know, twice a year. And I get the ones that have the handle on them so that when you put them, so if you want to shower, you have that. But if you want to put it in the bathtub, you can fill your bathtub up just by hanging the, the handheld one down. Uh, so I, I would say, like I said, water is one of the biggest ones that people don't, or, or maybe people are kind of now know like, oh, I should drink filtered water. A lot of people don't think about it with the bathtub and the shower. Mm-hmm, right. And yeah. it's sort of a double whammy because with the bathtub and the shower, you are, um, with the bathtub and the shower, you're not only getting it um, by literally absorbing it through your skin, but also the heat and the vapor and the shower can cause certain toxins to vaporize, and then you also <laughs> breathe it in. Right, right into your bloodstream. Yeah. Yep, right into your bloodstream. I mean, that's why someone can die from carbon monoxide poisoning, right? It's like right into your lungs, right into your bloodstream. So it's a lot of absorption. You can deliver medications through your lungs. So think about, you know, in the shower, it's, it's huge. So, and I know Aquasana has shower filters and all of that. So, okay, good. So shower filter, water filter. All right, good. All right, let's jump to um, the to- or the uh, the infections. I think that's that's so fascinating to me how one infection could precipitate an autoimmune kind of reaction later. I think that's really interesting. So um, let's go to the to the viruses first. You said the Epstein Barr virus or herpes virus. Um, are there certain autoimmune diseases you're seeing these more connected to, or is it just kind of general autoimmunity? Um, and then, you know, what can people do about that? So, um, so with the Epstein Barr, that has definitely um, their studies showing that that's definitely with MS and lupus um, mm-hmm. associated. I mean, something like you know, ninety something percent of the population has uh, what we call uh, titers to herpes and Epstein-Barr, and that just means that they've been exposed to it at some point in their life. Uh, but a much higher percent of people with these titers, um, or what I should say is those with MS and uh, lupus, uh, a much higher percentage of those people have these titers. You know, with herpes, there are some antiviral medications that work pretty good. Um, With the Epstein-Barr, there's really not any medications that work very well with Epstein-Barr. And so there are some um, more natural agents, lauricidin, which is monolaurin, that comes from coconut oil, um, humic acid, which actually comes from earth. These are some things that I've found to be, you know, moderately successful in my clinic. I mean, I have to say quite honestly that, and I'd be curious to know if you test for this and and what your experience is, but, you know, most, I don't test for this in everybody, but the people that I do test for it in, inevitably their titers are high, like they're still trying to fight off the virus. And I've gotten people to be symptom-free and get well, and their titers still remain high. And I've gotten yeah. some people's titers to go down. I just don't personally in my clinic see a correlation between the level of titer and how people feel. No, um, I don't either. Yeah. So, I mean, I check it just because I'm writing about it and people know about it. And so I can say, yes, you have it. Um, but I haven't found anything awesome that gets those titers down. And I've gotten people in complete remission, so to speak, 
without their titers coming down. Right, so same, I, you know, you if, know, if they have IIgM or, like, you know, the early antigen, stuff like that, you know, that's obviously more of a of a priority to, to address more of an acute. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think if they're showing more of the, the long-term kind of, um, you know, the, like you said, the, the old titers like the IgGs, I don't really, I'm not really worried about that because I see that in people who have zero symptoms at all. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean that that's yeah. the thing. I mean I don't I don't test it in, in everybody if you're not having symptoms, uh, mm-hmm. but but of the people that I test, you know they they tend to have high you know antibodies. I mean I mean or high titers. I, I see that frequently in, in almost everybody um, mm-hmm. that I test. So so what I normally do is support the immune system, right? I mean we're trying to say turn around the Titanic and buy again, fixing the gut and doing the things that we've done, 80% of our immune systems in our gut. And so by doing that, people tend to be able to be more resilient against these types of, of viruses. Right. Um, I think the takeaway is like you, like we said, you know, if you test 100 people, you're probably going to see like 80 or 90 of them have titers positive for Epstein-Barr, but who is it that actually contributes to an autoimmune disease, right? So it's like, looking at the overall vitality of the person and making sure that their gut is functioning well and all of that. So why is it that one person's virus eventually was a trigger for an autoimmune disease? So it's not the virus, it's the terrain or the actual vitality of the person. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, and the other the other part is is that, you know, by the time you have autoimmunity, um it's never it's not one of these things. Like as you read my right. book, it's not like, "Oh, I only have to focus on the diet chapter" or "Oh, I only have to focus on the gut chapter." Oh, me, it's just stress. Now, you know, I could have five people sitting in my office with all with lupus. And for one person, you know, it can be her relationship uh, with her husband and working 100 hours a week at her job and, you know, a child who's, you know, a drug addict. And so stress is the biggest piece of that puzzle for her. Um, and yeah. so for the next person, I mean, you know, gluten or eggs could be the biggest stressor for her immune system. For somebody else, it could be heavy metals and mercury. So, it's, you know, you could have five people with, quote, unquote, the same disease, and the main cause of that or root cause of that could be dramatically, you know, different for, for each one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is personalized medicine right there, and that's why it has to be longer than a 10-minute visit, right? It's really yeah. doing very, very good care. Um, what about the, the bacteria that you're talking about? Are there certain bacteria that you're finding with um, with autoimmunity frequently? Um, well, again, I have a list in my book, and there are mm-hmm. ones that are sort of classically um, associated. So, again, I do check these with people coming in. You know, chlamydia pneumonia, for example, is, is associated with uh, multiple sclerosis. Um, Yersinia is one that's associated actually with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. Um, I don't pick these up, again, too terribly frequently, but, you know, I'd always heard of that Yersinia, you know, and Graves' um, uh, link, and I did actually have somebody one day that, that you know, was positive for that. So, yeah. you know, you definitely, you, you know, definitely I do the ones, you know, that are kind of known for, I do definitely um, check for them and, and, and treat probably be uh, missed a lot if, if those weren't checked. So really, really good. And, um, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, I know you have a, a, an appendix on genetically modified foods, right, organisms. So mm-hmm. huge, huge issue now in our environment, and it's just on the rise like crazy. And we know that they're, you know, outlawed in, in European countries because it's just like they just know how bad it is. And um, what kind of connection are, are we seeing with that in autoimmunity? 
Um, well, I think it's a little too soon to say, you know, a one-to-one correlation. I mean, there's a lot of um, evidence out there, with certainly with allergies um, and eczema and even ADD, uh, gut dysfunction, um, a lot of uh, research beginning to come out. But these are relatively new that most people don't really realize. And, again, it's, um, you know, kind of multifactorial. It's, it's difficult to to point specifically right. to this. And certainly when it comes to autoimmunity, um, you know, it's not like toxins where there's really been some studies to, you know, directly correlate this particular toxin and showing the immune system going awry. So I can't speak to a particular um, a particular study regarding a one-to-one connection to autoimmunity, but certainly leaky gut, and then leaky gut is really the gateway or doorway into autoimmunity. So there's sort of the secondary um, causation of autoimmunity yeah. by way of certainly creating leaky gut, creating inflammation, creating gut you know, dysbiosis and, and uh, you know, overgrowth of bacteria and various things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, I mean, very likely indirectly, just, but I mean, who knows? There could be a there could be a one to one. We just don't know yet because a lot of these are just not right. studied. It's too early. To yeah, say. yeah, it's right. Too early to say. I mean, I would urge anybody, um, you know, just to the best of their ability. I mean, it's so hard when you go out because you know they're just not. There are just not, um, you know, a lot of completely organic restaurants, um, and corn and and soy are found in so many places. And or you might go somewhere to a restaurant and, and the vegetables and whatnot and everything is organic, but the meat's not, and those animals then ate you know um, ate GMOs. I mean, I'm not going to tell you I don't ever eat a GMO because you know I I travel and eat out and I'm social, but certainly in my home I don't. And um, you know I'd like to tell you that I never ever you know ate any at all, but it's it's just <laughs> it's, at this stage it's it's virtually impossible to avoid them unless you are, you know, growing and cooking your own food. Um, But I certainly would even advise anybody out there listening to this, um, even if you do not have autoimmunity, I mean, it's going to come out. These things are really, really scary and um, highly recommend, and I have this on the resource section as well, the the film, the uh, genetic relay, as well as I did an interview on the autoimmune summit that I did with uh, Jeffrey Smith, who is the head of the Institute of uh, Responsible Technology, which is really the watchdog group that's putting the most pressure of anybody on uh, Monsanto and, and trying to get the word out about how bad these these GMOs are and would recommend that anybody, particularly with children, um, because they're much more susceptible to this type of stuff. And, you know, in our lifetime, we didn't have the – I mean, in, you know, the first – you know, half or more than half of our life. These didn't exist. But, you know, with children today, their entire lives are going to have uh, are going to have GMOs in them. So they're mm. just going to have that much longer exposure to them. Right. With their cells dividing, they're still they're still developing. Uh, it's just it's so so sad to think about. Very, very important for the kids to have organic food. You know, the the longer that I'm in practice, I I I just you know, the more and more patients I see and getting more and more experience and, and seeing more and more toxic and sick patients, the more I still really rely so much on the basics and how important it is to manage stress and to, you know, clean up the diet and to make sure you're exercising and you're, you're you know, eating while you're sleeping and all of that. And how much 
in your experience do you see stress playing a part in the progression of autoimmune issues? Because it's easy to get, you know, shiny object syndrome and go, oh, it's Yersinia or it's, oh, it's Klebsiella or, you know, Epstein-Barr, but stress is huge. So how much do you see this? And, and what do you, and you're, you know, you're, you handle a lot on your plate, but you do, you manage it. So how do you, how do you navigate this? Well, <laughs> some things I do better than others. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, I would say that that it's a huge part. And, again, for some people more than others, some people can have a horribly stressful event and just skip through that. And other people can not seemingly have anything stressful in their life, but they're just worried and ruminating about the silliest little things. So, I mean, you can't really, you know, judge somebody for what they're calling is their stress. And it's definitely part of the questions that I ask and things that I talk about with people. And, you know, it's you can do all the right things. You can eat a perfect diet. You can take all the supplements and do everything. But if you have stress in your life, it is going to just overrule. So I would say it's one of the most important things and one of the aspects that we talk about the least. And, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect at it, at it either. I mean, I just make sure that I am, during the times of stress that I'm really on top of all the other things. Whereas I think for a lot of people, when they get stressed, that's when everything falls apart. They, you know, they, they aren't prepared. So they end up, you know, eating the fast food or, you know, eating this or eating that. And, you know, they're not sleeping. And I I just really tried to make the times in my life that are the most stressful um, be when I'm the best, trying to eat the best, trying to exercise, right. um, trying to, um, you know, trying, you know, getting my sleep. I mean, I, you know, I always sleep. So um, yeah. I just, I don't compromise on those things unless it's just, you know, absolutely avoidable. Um, you know, I will perhaps, you know, not go out or see friends or just, you know, hunker down into that mode, but make sure that I still have time, you know, got home this evening and, um, you know, went for a long walk with my fiance and, and puppy before, you know, then cooking dinner together and then hopping on this with you. So it's just, you've got to make it a priority in your life to um, take the time to do what you need to do to de-stress and make sure that when you're in a stressful period that you're making sure all the other things are really, you know, top notch with the, with the food and the um, sleep and the exercise. Yeah, But, you know, it's very interesting. I did this, I interviewed 40 different experts on autoimmunity uh, for my autoimmune summit. And it was quite interesting because at the end of every interview, I asked everybody three take-home points, you know, three things that people can start doing today to to help prevent or reverse autoimmunity. And I might have had somebody spending an entire talk talking about how awful gluten is, and that was like the topic of their talk, or somebody else talking about leaky gut. But in, inevitably, the vast majority of people ended up saying stress in dealing with your stress um, as one of their top three takeaway points. Like, wow, you just finished an entire talk all about gluten and you're going to, the take home point is to deal with your stress. So it was awesome because it really, it, it really kind of reinforced to me that that is the most overlooked aspect of, you know, a factor in autoimmunity and and health in general. um, And probably one of the most important ones Mhm. Well, um can't just mention your puppy and not tell me about your Is this a new dog that you have? <laughs> I'm such a dog lover. Oh yeah, Mocha. So, she's all over my Facebook page. In fact, we're doing a photo contest right now of people buying their books and 
and taking a photo with their with their book. And so Mocha's front and center. Um, my photo that I that I have posted is of Mocha and uh, and the book. But what kind of breed Mocha, is Mocha? She's a rescue, and she's a terrier and poodle mix. And she was oh. brown, chocolate brown, i.e. Mocha colored when I got her, and over time by six months or certainly by a year she is now a white dog so <laughs> we we joke and say that we need to call her latte but she responds to mocha and not latte so she's a mocha latte it's really quite that, funny i mean she was literally so... chocolate brown when i got her oh that's so white. cute you know it's funny as soon as it's i actually, mentioned I your dog Dinah jumped on my lap right when i mentioned your dog it's like she could tell she oh. got jealous <laughs> yeah she got jealous well, the the crazy thing is, you know, like the power of manifestation, my previous dog, Bella, was um, almost 13 when she passed, and she was a yellow lab, and she was, you know, 50-something pounds, and, and I thought, you know, my next dog, I'm getting a little dog, and I want a little white dog. I'm saying, like, I wanted, like, a little, you know, something, you know, Bichon, <laughs> some, you know, kind of fancy dog that I was going right. to take with me because I knew I'd be traveling a lot. And then I saw this picture of Mocha, and I was like, oh, that's the dog. I've got to have this dog, you know. <laughs> and then here she is by, you know, she was brown when I got her, and now she's white. So the power of manifestation that I wanted this Dang white girl. dog and picked a brown one, and now she's white. <laughs> you got some powerful manifestation going on. You can change her color. Pretty good. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Well, they, she, I'm sure she's a good stress reliever. Oh, she's awesome. She comes to work with me. Same for so me. I bring her every day. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, yeah. She Dinah just kind of forces herself on people. Even if people aren't dog people, she'll just still jump in your lap and just kind of make you love her. <laughs> so, Mocha, um, Mocha does that as well, but sometimes she doesn't quite win him over, and it's like, oh, so sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get down. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I know we kind of flew through a lot. <laughs> Let's see if there's anything else I want to make sure to touch on. Oh, one thing I'm curious about um, is your take on, on low-dose naltrexone, if you have any thoughts about that or if you've used that much in your practice. I'm just curious on, on your take on that for autoimmunity. Yeah, so I don't actually write about that in the book because the book mm-hmm. is really based on, you know, my what I have used in treating thousands of people with autoimmunity. I have used low-dose naltrexone, um, but not with much success. So mm-hmm. um, so I don't write about it. I did a great interview with Chris Kresser on my autoimmune summit where he spent the entire interview talking about, you know, uh, his experience working with it. I mean, he obviously can't prescribe it, so he worked through other practitioners with people using it. And certainly when I write blogs, people post about it, and there are many, many people out there who have amazing results with it. I just personally mm-hmm. haven't. So, I, you know, I do the program that I have, typically get really good results, and some people yeah. that, um, you know, uh, when when people are getting really stuck and we haven't, then we've tried it. And I haven't had anybody that had great success that really wanted to stick with it. So, um, but certainly it's based on what I hear on, you know, comments and blogs that I've written and stuff like that. There are people who are having amazing results. And so it's worth looking into. The one thing that I would say is, um, you know, you still got to do the other stuff, right? I mean, right, it can help modulate exactly. or, you know, help change the immune system. But if you're not really doing that, by all the things that I talk about in the book, you know, changing the diet and fixing the gut and dealing with the toxins and the stress and the infections, then really you're just dealing with somebody who's, you know, open-minded and working with you, and they're not really getting to the root cause. 
So I personally would only use it after I've kind of exhausted, you know, all the five strategies that I talk about in my book and we're still stuck. You know, that would be a place that I would go. But I would just sort of urge anybody, if it's something you're going to try, I would try it, you know, after you've kind of tried the other things um, or have gotten, you know, some change in your foundation by doing the other things. Yeah, super important. I love when a medical doctor talks about the importance of treating the root cause. It just, I just geek out on that. It makes me very happy. <laughs> I know that you're like, you know, you're sort of a naturopathic medical doctor, but um, it just makes me very happy. Um, <laughs> the last thing I just want to touch on is is the heavy metals. Super important. Um, you know, I think in the the potential relationship with autoimmunity. What, how much do you see with that, and and how important is it for people to see a, a biological dentist? Um, Well, that can be hugely important. Again, I just kind of go through steps with most people. I start with the diet and the gut. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if I'm hearing something in my visit, like all kinds of dental stuff going on or somebody telling me, yeah, I had three root canals and within the next year I got rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, if somebody told me they had a root canal at, at, you know, 14, here we are at 58 and they have something, it's still in my mind, but it's not as obvious as the story of I had it, you know, I had three root canals in a matter of two years and the next year I got something. Um, Right. So I'm really listening to people and then sort of hedging my bets of, you know, is this something they need to deal with right now or we can do these other things and just have it on our radar to deal with in a couple of months. But it's on my radar with everybody. And then just depending on the story, it's like I get into even toxic molds in the book. And these things are all on my radar. And it's more on my radar if somebody tells me that they, you know, live in a 15-year-old house or 40-year-old house and they have this roof leak that they can't seem to figure out, you know, where it keeps coming from. You know, that's Mm going to obviously, you know, stimulate it. Or, oh, yes, we moved into a new house three years ago. A year later, I got an autoimmune disease. These and listening to people's stories and then really thinking about it. But I have had people who we've done, again, everything, and their autoimmune, their thyroid antibodies have come down, but they're not where we want them to be. They go get their root canals dealt with, antibodies mm-hmm. down or gone yep. right away. Yeah. So it can be very, very powerful for people. Yeah, same. I've had the same experience. It's just, it's, and in a lot of times it's the last place that a lot of doctors will look. And it was probably like a year or two into my practice, I, I started asking every patient, tell me about your dental health. And I, and it's like, I would forget sometimes because I'd focus on all the other things, but it's, you know, hugely important now I make sure to ask that with every single patient. And um, yeah, I mean, because it's, it's connected to your body, your mouth, hello. It's the first first place that, that you know, you're eating. You're, I mean, the, the gums, we know that the gum, gum disease is one of the top causes of inflammation in the body. So, you know, you have to make sure to look there. So super important. Um, any other little, you know, parting words, any last-minute tidbits we haven't um, touched on you want to make sure to mention before we get all your, you know, website info and all that people can can, can follow you? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is is to not give up, to trust yourself. Um, to know that you know your body better than anyone ever will. And so if you instinctively feel like something's wrong or they haven't, you know, found the cause, uh, keep keep on searching. The book is, you know, a great resource for people. I've, I've really helped literally um, hundreds if not thousands of people, you know, recover from their autoimmune disease by, by doing this program. I mean, this is as close as it gets to actually seeing me. So, um, and it's it's really most people, or not most, I mean, virtually everyone tells us that, you know, okay, you had to give up some foods, but that far outweighs the um, the pain or the horrible side effects of the medication, um, and it's, it's 
ultimately just a really great payoff is to be able to have your life back and to be medication free and symptom free. And, you know, and the cost of that is only to have to, you know, give up some foods and treat some infections. Yeah, totally worth the the improvements in your health and preventing other diseases from, from developing down the line. So, and affecting your own body for procreating. And we know that our own health we we pass along to our to our kids, so it's it's really for future generations. Very very important stuff. Well, Doc, I am so thankful. I finally got you on the show, and thanks for fitting me in in your busy life. And congratulations on your new book. And so well, thanks so, so much for hosting you. me on the on the you know inaugural day here. So I really appreciate it. I know it. it's a big deal, of course. So how can people um, follow you and what you're up to um, in the coming months and years? So everything is Amy Myers M D and that's A M Y M Y E R S M D. So Facebook, Twitter, my website is amymyersmd.com. Sign up for our newsletter, it goes out. Um right now it's going out every Tuesday and Friday, but we'll just get back to our Friday schedule and it usually just, you know, has an article, a recipe and, you know, some some news about, you know, what's happening and what I'm doing. So highly recommend people sign up for that and definitely go grab a copy of the book and support a local bookstore. Heck yeah. Right on. Well, enjoy your, um, you know, your your uh, fiancé, and um, I look forward to meeting him at some point. Congrats on the future wedding and wishing you all the best, and we'll talk very soon. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Take care. All right, you guys, that is the show. So great to have Dr. Myers on the show. And, you know, I think this is maybe the second or third show we've done on autoimmunity, but I love that we were able to highlight some of the other topics with, you know, the infections and the um, environmental toxins, really important stuff. Check out her book. It's it's an awesome book. I've been able to flip through it, and it's just great. She's put a lot of time and effort into this and um, I think very life-changing information. So have a wonderful rest of the week, you guys. You can check me out, drlaurennoel.com. All the previous shows are listed on there. Sign up for the email list on updates that are – things are going on in my world. And um, look forward to next week's show. So I'll see you same time, same place next week. And uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusions apply. See stores for details.